no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Barry Centers. We are Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we recount the first wave of free agency and much more. Hey, Dub, man. What's the good word with you, fam? Oh, good, Prince. How about you, brother? Man, this fucking NCAA tournament, bro. Fucking Illinois lost. <laughs> yeah, man. They took a nice one today. Nice beating today. Man, that shit hurt my brackets and, and audience. As you guys know, A-Dub and I had a little bet, a little side wager on this tournament. He looking pretty good. So you see, he he, he got a little extra smile to him right now, talking about Illinois losing. <laughs> he in yes, the driver's sir. seat in his bet. Hey, man, looking good right now, man. You all better be careful. Be careful, friends. <laughs> <laughs> A-Dub over here looking good. He got Gonzaga winning it all. So Gonzaga plays tomorrow, I believe. Well, right now, you all got to hold on to your seats right now because the pressure is on you guys now. Not me. I'm in the driver's seat. So I'm all good. <laughs> and the pressure's on me trying to find this hat because I'm going to have to start looking online because I don't like my chances right now. It's not looking good for press. <laughs> well, good luck finding that hat. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. What a dude. All I'm going to say about Illinois, man, is they did not show up ready to play today. IO was passive. Kofi was guarding the guy and, and forgetting that the guy could only go left. What What is going on? I, I don't get it. They did not look good at all. They were getting beat to the loose balls. I mean, I tell you, Loyola Chicago, like they really wanted. They were beating them to the plays. Like you said, IEO didn't look good. I mean, turn the ball over on those double teams, those light double teams. And um, he didn't look good at all. Did not look like a guy who's destined to go to the pros. Yeah, because this is the thing. He's uh, set to be a first-round draft pick according to some of the mock drafts. And mm-hmm. what I looked at today... I saw a guy when the lights was on, he kind of faded a little bit. He did, man. And the other thing with that press, they did not have good spacing at all for Illinois. I mean, you, you saw Coffee getting double teamed a lot, triple teamed a lot, and the guys weren't ready to get the ball, they ready to score and be in position to score either. And you know what? Let's think about this for a second. Kofi is another guy that a lot of people think has some NBA potential. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I saw in this game that I didn't like for his pro prospects is the fact that when the center from Loyola took him away from the basket, Kofi did not look comfortable in the NBA. That's the game. You have to be yep. able to guard away from the basket. I agree. And you can tell Kofi looks like one of those traditional type centers, you know, who love the bang and the paint and play in the paint. But you're right, Prez. In a pro level, you got to be at the outside, hit the three-point line, and be able to guard in that area sometimes as well. So, audience, I know you guys tuned in to listen to this show for us to talk our bear stuff, but we just had to start off by talking about some of this March Madness. It's been a crazy weekend. And speaking of that, <laughs> it was a crazy week for our bears, A-Dub. I wanted to get your thoughts on some stuff that was going on. So we obviously, listeners, talked about the Andy Dalton signing. Mm-hmm. Well, the Andy Dalton press conference happened this week. What did you think about that one? Because when I looked at that press conference, 
what I thought was Andy Dalton, he was impressive to me. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter about someone winning the press conference, but I thought that he presented himself well. What did you think uh, about that presser? Yeah, you're right, man. He did present himself very well. He sounded very comfortable, sounded like a veteran. They can see a professional. They talked a lot about his relationship and being a starter with the um, Bears. And, of course, he alluded to the fact that the Bears gave him the keys to be the starter this coming season. So he felt that he heard all the noise, all the chatter that's been going on. But he looked like he's handled that very well. So one thing that you brought up there in that point, and I want you to kind of talk through your thoughts on that. When the media asked him, hey, did you get any assurances about being the guy? And he said, Mm -hmm. yes, I came here knowing that I would be the starter. When you listen to that, do you think that that means that the Bears are out on Russell Wilson? Or do you think this might be a Mike Glennon 2.0 situation where they sign the guy, tell me he's going to be the guy, and then he gets replaced a few weeks later if they make a different move? What it sounds like, Perez, is that we're probably done trying to explore the Russell Wilson thing for now. And it looks like he's maybe the guy for this one year. Because it's one year deal, right? He may yeah, be the guy for the one year. And so it doesn't seem like we're looking at anyone else unless there are some things going on with Pace that we don't know about <laughs> behind closed doors. But right now, it looks like the door has been shut on that Russell Wilson thing for sure. We'll see what happens there. I do know that from some of the reports that have been out there that the draft is probably where the Bears are going to make their move. There's been a lot of talk whether the Bears may not trade up in the first round and they may settle on like a day two quarterback. So I heard that that was something that the Bears were kind of looking into. Absolutely. That's possible for sure. I think that sounds about right. (laughs) You ask me, that seems to be probably the best approach at at, at this point. I'm looking forward to seeing what they might do in the draft. We don't know for sure yet, right? Who's going to be available, what that looks like for round one and round two. So we'll, we'll see. As we mentioned in the past, some of those day two guys would be probably like a Kellen Mond, Mm -hmm. Jamie Newman, Davis Mills, like so guys like that. I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of what you're looking at. Maybe Ian Book. So those are some of those day two quarterback options that are available. And if you got Andy Dalton going to the season with those guys, maybe Andy Dalton can actually help those guys, whoever we draft as a quarterback to improve and get better. And that's why I see, you know, um, Andy Dalton as a mentor as well, because he's been through some wars as well and his career with the Bengals. I want to respect the man's career, right? And that's one thing I want to do with this case. One thing I would say, I'm going to give Andy a, a chance here. I know we were mm-hmm. hard on him in our in our emergency pod, but that was also because we had these grand hopes of getting a franchise quarterback, and mm-hmm. it just kind of feels like we have to end up selling for a plan D. Uh, with right. <laughs> but some of the things about him that I was impressed with is the fact, obviously, we talked about the relationship that he has with Bill Lazor. Yep. That's something that I think could be really good here. And, mm-hmm. and he just seems like a nice guy. So my thing is, I don't think that the hatred that the fan base gave him was warranted. I think a lot from my standpoint, it was more my anger was towards Ryan Pace. Right, right. And so I want to give Andy Dalton a chance here and mm-hmm. we'll see what he does. Absolutely. And the thing is, Fred, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, the most of the anger was towards uh, Ryan Pace. But the thing is, Andy Dalton became collateral damage. Yep. Because that, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a scapegoat, right? So therefore, because Ryan Pace made this seem like we had a chance to get in Wilson and Watson and some other great quarterback, whatever, at this, he hit us with a dream and we settled for Andy Dalton. So yeah, Andy Dalton got the backlash to that, but it really should have been aimed towards him. It should have been really aimed at Ryan Pace. But guess what? Ryan Pace can have Andy Dalton as the one who has to play. <laughs> and so... Speaking of hiding, I also thought it was kind of weak that Ryan Pace wasn't a part of that press conference, the Andy Dalton answer questions. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was weak because I guarantee you, if we would have acquired Russell Wilson, Ryan Pace would have had his happy ass right up there smiling and, and talking about how, yeah, this is a great move and mm-hmm. we're doing this and doing that. But then you leave Andy Dalton to have to answer the tough questions from the media. I thought that was weak. 
It was weak, man. He left Andy Dalton hanging. And the thing is, I got to give Andy Dalton credit, though. He handled himself very well. But you're right, uh, Prez. I didn't like how Pace handled that part. He should have been there for sure. This is the guy you all chose. Someone got to be able to represent him and work with him and show that, hey, we're aligned and we support this guy that's coming on as the quarterback. Yeah, I, I just feel like him or even Nagy, either one of those mm-hmm. guys should have been up there. And they left that guy up there to answer those questions. So that was weak to me. Yeah. Yep. Now, one thing that you brought up about the contract with Dalton. So you mm-hmm. asked, you know, about it being a one-year contract. Yes, it is. The cap hit for this contract is $5.3 million for the audience. Now, Nick Foles' cap hit, for anyone that may be interested, is $6.7 million. And he just, according to Brad Spielberger, Nick Foles actually, over this over the course of this weekend, picked up a $4 million roster bonus from the Bears. Right. So when we look at some of the moves that have happened this week with Kyle Fuller being released, that was a major move that really sent some shockwaves through Bears Twitter. A-Dub, mm-hmm. that move really just pissed me off. And I understood in that moment that, hey, Kyle Fuller was going to have a big-time cap hit. I think it was going to be a $20 million cap hit that was going to hit the Bears yes. this season. Yes. Now, it sounded like the Bears wanted him to return. But the issue was is that Kyle Fuller wasn't willing to accept the pay cut. They wanted him to take a pay cut to come back. Mm-hmm. And I think Kyle Fuller realized, hey, if I hit the free agency market, I'm going to be gone off of that thing really quick. And he was because the Broncos snatched him up with a quickness. <laughs> hey, man, he didn't even get his exit packet from us yet. He was already on another team already, man. That's how quick it happened, bro. As soon as he get cut from the Bears, the Broncos said, hey, man, come on over here. Come on home over here. We got a home for you. And that happened so fast. But to your point, Prez, I was um, a little disappointed with him being cut. But I totally get why he got cut. That makes it very hard, very difficult. But I didn't expect everyone to be on this team because of the whole cap situation going on. But yeah, it's disappointing to see him as the one, one of the ones who gets the cut. Also, too, you have to think about it. Replacing an all-pro player is already difficult. Mm-hmm. But especially trying to replace an all-pro player at the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. Because Cal Fuller, you know what you guys don't expect out of that guy. The guy's a big-time hitter, smart player. He's always going to be a position. So that's going to be a yes. guy that we're going to miss in this defense. And one thing I wondered aloud in that last episode we did, A-Dub, what was, what was going to happen with Fuller? What was going to happen with Hicks? So we got our answer mm-hmm. when it came to Kyle Fuller, but it also seemed like it upset some of the guys on the team. Eddie Jackson uh, was somebody that went on Twitter. Carter mm-hmm. Patterson went on Twitter. So what do you think the locker room is, is feeling right now with some of the moves that the team is making, A-Dub? Well, they're feeling the pressure, right? Like, whoa, what the, what is going on with this team right now? What's happening? So everyone is like, you know, in disarray at this point, right? Because you heard about with Wilson and that's situation with Wilson. We had Mac as part of the trade. We had uh, Hicks part of it. So, and then you see Fuller, you know, is, is cut. So it's, they're, like, they're wondering, like, what's really going on with this team? Are we all going to be here when the season even starts? So right now, everyone is like all over the place right now, unsure what pace this plan is when you talk about the defense and, and, and also this team in general. And that's a good point that you brought up. Because So for anybody that wasn't familiar with what A-Dub was speaking to, in the Russell Wilson trade offer, apparently Ryan Pace offered three number ones, a third round pick, and a choice of Hicks, Fuller, or Mack. Mm-hmm. And Seattle said no. Right. Didn't even entertain the offer. So one thing here that I want our audience to kind of think about here is Lawrence Holmes. He went on his radio program this week and he read out a text message from one of the players on the team. He didn't say who it was, Mm -hmm. but basically the player basically said to Lawrence Holmes, hey, this thing is over before it even started. The Mm -hmm. locker room is just not doing well right now. And that goes to show you 
there's trust issues, right? Because yep. the front office and the team in the, in the locker room, they're probably not seeing eye to eye. These players probably aren't seeing eye to eye with Nagy and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of these players are seeing that Mitch was let go and replaced with Andy Dalton. So people right. probably feel some kind of way about that as well. It makes you unsure about your own career, right, in Chicago. You wonder now, am I next to go? Where do I stand with this team? You know, am I part of the future here? You got more questions than you have answers at this point. And I can understand how that locker room could possibly be feeling right now because, hey, they felt like Fuller was one of those guys who can be here for quite a long time, you know? And to see him gone, it's like, well, any of us can be gone as well. So where yep. do we stand? And that's exactly it. And to that point, you got to think about what some of Kyle Fuller's teammates said about him because mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson always credited Kyle Fuller for helping him to become more of a student of the game with watching film because mm-hmm. Kyle Fuller was a film junkie. And that is why him and Vic Fangio got along so well because Kyle became a student of the game. Right. But that's put that time in there. Absolutely. Roquan Smith. He used to always say about Kyle Fuller, man, big time players make big time plays. So yep. you see he had the respect of his teammates. To me, A-Dub, they always talk about culture with this organization. Well, your culture starts with your locker room. And when you lose a core guy like this, your culture is going to be affected. Yeah, man. And I'll tell you one thing, Perez. I think it already took a hit already. And guess what? It'll take even a bigger hit if we're losing games. So think about that. True story. Now, let's think about another veteran, Hakeem Hicks. There Mm -hmm. were rumors that the organization gave him permission to seek out a trade. Right Now, we had a report that says, actually, the Bears have decided to keep Hicks on the roster for 2021. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there when it comes to that Hakeem Hicks situation? I think with Hicks, man, he, he has all the right to want to explore trades and things of nature. I totally get where he's at as well. And I will get where any of the players on that team is at, the way they're feeling at this point. However, keeping him for one year, I think Hicks right now is at a point to where he's probably auditioning for another team. To your point, this is going to probably be his last season here in Chicago. Yep. He's going to want to get one more big contract in here. It's not going to happen here in Chicago. Right. So you're right. I think this is going to be the year for him to show out mm-hmm. and earn that next contract. Exactly. He's, what, 31 years old at this time Correct. frame? So the clock is ticking, <laughs> you know? And by the time you turn 33, 34, you're, you're sort of on your way down, really. You know, you're going down here. You're not going up. So you start to get, you start to stop peaking. So I think with him, I think his prime years are starting going to be over in the next couple of years. And I would say this, heart and soul of the defense, love that he's going to be back because then he's going to be able to help bolster mm-hmm. that defensive line. Because to be honest, we're losing Kyle Fuller. Our secondary has taken a step back. We still don't know who's going to be the safety next to Eddie Jackson. So at least knowing that that defensive line is going to be in good shape, that gives me one less thing to worry about. But when you mm-hmm. look at the future of that position, it makes me wonder, okay, is Bilal Nichols going to be ready to step up if Mm -hmm. we do lose Hicks in the future. And we also got news that Eddie Goldman Mm -hmm. is going to return for the 2021 season. So that was really good news. Exactly. And I think that's that's key. That's the key news is we're going to need him. Because I think that the heart and soul of this team, to me, was the D-line. It was not secondary. I thought our D-line were a huge part of what drives our defense. And we play off those guys, you know, with Mack and all those guys, right? So if they're not successful or they're not making a big impact on the game, we're going to struggle. Yep, but with, with the Eddie Goldman news, mm-hmm. they said that the guy's been training the last couple of months, looks yes. explosive and strong. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy about that. He looks ready to go. Yeah, I'm happy about that as well, man. I would love to see how he looks and playing. So I'm quite sure he was one of those guys who were impactful for us. So it'll be good to, man, have him back, man. He could be a, a game changer and a difference maker. Yeah, well, we're, we're definitely going to be better on defense for having mm-hmm. him back. 
What are your thoughts with Mitch Trubisky going to the Buffalo Bills? So I spoke about that earlier with the locker room. May maybe not being so enamored with uh, Andy Dalton coming here and replacing Mitch. What, what were some of your thoughts seeing that he signed with Buffalo? That's good for Mitch. I don't think Buffalo is a bad team to go to for Mitch. They have a good mm-hmm. infrastructure, a good culture there. They're a team that I think is still on the rise. They can probably make a good splash next year and do even better. But I think Mitch would be there as a backup to continue to learn and continue to grow. And I think that'll help him out with that team over there. Yeah, so when I looked at it, A-Dub, I thought the same thing. I thought that was a really good spot for him. Mm-hmm. I figured either Buffalo or San Francisco, but yeah, this is going to be like kind of a career reset for Mitch. Not a long-term thing, but what this is going to do is it's going to give Mitch an opportunity to develop under Brian Dabble. And yes. so he's really good with quarterbacks. Look at the job that he's done with Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Also, when, when you look at Josh Allen, he's got a similar skill set to Mitch. They're both yes. mobile. Mm-hmm. And so I think that what you're going to see is an opportunity for Mitch to get coached up a little bit. And obviously, Nagy didn't do a good job of developing him. I think it's right. going to be a great opportunity for Mitch to get his career back on track. I think so, too. And this is going to help him, again, get better with making decision, decision-making, decision passing downfield, you know, definitely in the middle of the field. This is going to help Mitch out a lot. I think so. I can see Mitch being a starter at some other team in the future or even coming in as a backup and playing some heavy minutes. A lot of snaps, right? Games. I think he'll be fine. I think Mitch will be fine. This is not the end of Mitch with going to Buffalo. I think this is good for his career. And guess what? The Bills could develop Mitch so well that maybe next offseason, Ryan Pace could sign him for a one-year $10 million contract. I don't know. (laughs) Right. That's possible. That's on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. I know people probably like, you're so petty, press, but whatever. Um, Right. (laughs) We did receive a seventh-round compensatory pick for Mitch going to Buffalo. So we did Mm -hmm. get a pick for that transaction. We'll take it. That was pretty good news. Yep. Yeah. What about Kyle Long going to KC? I was pretty happy to see that news. Yeah, man, that's good for, um, you know, Kyle Long. Like I told you, Perez, you and I talked about this before. He wanted to go to a contender, right? Going there, man, it's not a bad move for him. He'll probably add some depth to what they already have right now. And I think he'll be able to probably get some snaps in or whatever, and he'll be a t- get a chance to play. If not, you know, oh well. But the thing is, it's a good place, a good destination for him. Great opportunity, man. He's going to mm-hmm. go right into a winning culture there. Mm-hmm. A coach and Andy Reid that I'm sure he'll have tons of respect for. Yep. And also, too, Kyle may have a chance to position himself to get a ring. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? Good for him. Good for him. And he's going into one of the better offenses in the league. So great opportunity. He's there on a one-year, $5 million deal. So, mm-hmm. man, congratulations to you, Kyle. Look forward to right. seeing what he does out there. Oh, yeah. We'll be paying attention because I will see what they want to do with him. They want to have him as a starter or they want to actually have him part of the depth. So we'll see how KC's position that with him. Absolutely. Another player that, that left us, and I was sad to see this one happen, Brent Urban signed a one-year deal with the Cowboys, man. I'm going to miss those Urbans, man. What would you think about that one? Oh, man, I was sad to see Urban leave, though. But you've been alluding to this, Perez, for a while, man, for episodes on this show. You talked about that, hey, yep. we may not be the four um, Urban, man. And um, kind of proves that point, that what you were alluding to at that time frame, Perez. And it's sad to see him go. He was a very good part of our depth when it came to def- defense. I'm going to miss the guy because I like this whole demeanor, personality, the way he played, came with passion. He did. He made an impact on the game and his limited snaps. So I want to miss the guy. And that's one of the points that I really like is that he was a great rotational fit, mm-hmm. but he brought a little sauce to that defensive line. I loved his energy, like you said. Mm-hmm. His air guitar celebrations were dope, but it was more than that. It was just he produced in his yep. limited amount of snaps that he got. Kate Urban is one of the best followers in all of Bears Twitter. So we're going to definitely miss having both of those people be a part of this organization. So going to miss them both. 
Absolutely, man. Salute to Kate. I love you, Kate. We're going to miss you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I wanted to get your thoughts on Ryan Pace because right now, when you look at some of these moves, A-Dub, that he's making, in my opinion, I think that he's approaching free agency like somebody whose job's not on the line. So a lot of us wondered aloud, hey, is this going to be like the make it or break a season for, for Pace and Nagy? Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I keep falling back to in my mind is when they had their initial press conference, the organization refused to answer the contract lift question for Pace. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, did he get some sort of a secret extension that we don't know about? Does he have two years on his deal? Like, what's the deal here? Because if you look at these moves, not one person could objectively look at this offseason and say, we are better than we were in January. But I want to get right. your thoughts there on Pace. Man, it does look like Pace is operating like he got an extension. Because you're right, these moves are questionable, very questionable. You're like, what are you really doing? And I'm not sure what the plan is. You remember Ryan, you know, he was saying he had a plan, right? Got a plan yeah. in place, what's your plan? Maybe only a few people know what the hell that plan is, but apparently us on the outside, we have no clue because none of this makes sense, including the team, the players. They have no clue what that plan is because right now it makes absolutely no sense at all. So you're wondering, okay, I don't see the fire on our team. I don't see, you know, the desperation of our team trying to make certain things happen. And you kind of wonder, like, where we are with that. So I'm with you, Prez. Pace is not operating like this is his last year. He's operating like, hey, there's a future for him in, in Chicago. So you're wondering about that. And when you look at some of these moves, they kind of look like almost like rebuilding type of moves. Because when yeah. when you release a Kyle Fuller, you replace him with a true fund. And that's yeah. a move that we're going to get into here in a moment. But mm-hmm. when you do that, you can't tell me that we got better with that move. Yeah, man. That's what you start to wonder with this. And the thing is, you start to see some of these one-year contract deals that are happening that makes you believe as well that, hey, you're right, Perez. We could be starting over next year after the season over with, depending on how we finish. And I would just say this. I would rather believe that he's running some sort of a second rebuild than to mm-hmm. believe that he's actually trying to make moves to win. Because if he thinks that these moves are, are moving the needle for us, then we're in more trouble than we already imagined we were with it, with this guy as the GM. Yeah, I'm with you there, Perez. But one thing I want to piggyback on what you said that, that really makes valuable sense to all of us, and that is how we gotten better. I don't know. I can't say we gotten better with these moves we made. You could probably say we got worse (laughs) if you want to think about it. You could be saying that, yeah. So it's like, okay, so what's next? What's going to help us get over the top? Because are you banking on other guys of getting better and showing growth, right, coming to next season? Or are you looking at making these trades in free agency, or I'm sorry, get some guys from free agency that's going to help us move the needle forward? Or are you, again, or are you banking on guys to come in one year better? Yeah, and I I agree with that because when you look at, the moves that have been made after this first wave of free agency. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I don't think these have made us better. A lot of these moves are a direct result of Pace's decisions finally catching up with him. And you guys know what I mean. When you look at the salary cap hell that we're in, and obviously the the issue with the cap being reduced didn't help out. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these deals that the organization has given players, they kept moving money down the road and backloading contracts. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you keep trying to move and kick the can down the road. Eventually, it's going to come back and say, "Hey, what's up? <laughs> I'm still <Right>. here." <laughs> yep, <laughs> it, you're right, Perez. Those moves are now starting to catch up with us, and we can start to see the impact, the effect of that right now of how Pace is just throwing around, going around, and making these kinds of moves here, and then cutting a the guy like a Fuller. I did not like that move. I'm happy to hear that Hakeem Hicks is coming back because if that was going to be another guy we were going to lose, mm-hmm. I would have I, I lost my damn cool on this damn pod today. So I'm glad to know 
then we don't have to worry about that. But I'm still pissed about Fuller leaving. I'm really pissed by that. Yeah. I was a huge a Kyle one. Fuller fan on this team. Me too. That's a tough one right there. And and we'll get more to that, Tim. I'm quite sure we'll probably get more to him. But the one thing I would say about Fuller, all the great things you've mentioned that about him, Prez, the one thing that disappoints me, though, is the fact that we didn't use, we didn't take advantage of him on the team last year with the how we played, the coverage and the style. I think the side probably would change that this year and utilize him more on things and different schemes. But I think last season, we didn't get the best out of him because we didn't use him to that effect. And you know what? That's a good point. But one thing that you brought up is something I want to touch on mm-hmm. with Desai. Now, this is a guy that we all have remarked about how smart he is, how mm-hmm. he has familiarity with the organization, how the players respect him. Right. But my thing is now, when you take away a key weapon from him on that defense, mm-hmm. that's not fair to decide. It's not. And my thing is, give this guy the opportunity to show you what he could do with this defense at being full strength. I agree. I agree. And taking weapons away from him, that's not going to help. But you, you went on, you went on. And here's the deal with that press as well. Pace went on the, the on the um, you know, on his press conference, right? For saying, hey, we want to keep our good players. How was that really showing when you let Fuller go that we're looking to keep our good players? Right. You, you contradict yourself a little bit there, uh, Pace, and people are seeing it and they're like, okay, doesn't sound good. At the end of the day, like you say, Perez, decide, are we helping him be successful with that when we make these kind of moves? And that's the thing. And I, I don't like the fact that he just lost his all-pro corner. They replaced his all-pro corner with Trufant. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I'll say to you about that, A-Dub, is Trufant, you know, a few years ago, he was signed as a high-priced free agent with the Atlanta Falcons. And then he promptly got injured. And he has not been able to stay healthy. So my thing is, you had a guy like Fuller who, we, for the most part, we he was going to be out there on the field. And now we're replacing him with a guy that we don't know what we're going to get from him. Right, right. The thing is, Fred, let's make sure we use our words correctly. I'm not going to call Trufant as a replacement because he's not a replacement. <laughs> right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, he's a position filler, whatever you want to call it, but you can't replace filler at all because you're right. He's not who he once was. He's not that guy anymore. Like you said, Perez, can he be successful with, with us and can decide help him be successful? And the other thing would be, can he stay healthy? If he can't do those things, then, hey, that guy might not be to help us out. And then the other part of it is, Perez, is he even our starter coming into the season? Do we really want to go with him? You think Duke Shelley does have a chance at starting? Maybe so. Well, I think Duke Shelley and Vildor will probably be more of a, a, a spot slot. for that slot corner. Okay, okay. I think Trufant will probably end up competing with maybe maybe a veteran guy that they may bring in or if they may draft uh, someone mm-hmm. in the you know in the, in the middle rounds. But I right. think Trufant might be their guy that they're signaling. Okay, he might be the guy. Well, we'll roll with that and see what happens with it. But um, if he can show any kinds of promise to what he was when he was in Atlanta, that might be a good thing for us. But we don't know. Too many injuries, and he didn't look great with you know with his previous team. So we'll see what happens. We definitely will. One thing that I wanted to touch on that we haven't discussed so far is A. Rob signing his franchise tag. Mm-hmm. Now, we were hearing rumors, and we even talked about it in the show that people were saying that A. Rob's going to take his time with signing that franchise tag. We also saw during the course of last week that Kenny Galladay came to Hallis Hall and he mm-hmm. met with Pace and the organization. In my mind, when I saw that A-Dub, I said, there's no way they're interested in signing Galladay. I think they did that to put pressure on A-Rob to force him to sign that tag. I just didn't see that happening. Right. Now, we saw that A-Rob went ahead and had a change of heart, and he signed the franchise tag. And a lot of Mm -hmm. people were puzzled. They were like, why would A-Rob sign the franchise tag? 
they just signed Andy Dalton, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. But I want people to look at what Schuster Smith signed for in free agency. Right. He signed a one-year deal for $8 million. True. I think when A-Rob saw what that wide receiver market looked like, he said, fuck that. Give me this $18 million and we're going to run it back and I'm going to see what's good next offseason. <laughs> hey, bro, look, look. I was thinking the same thing you thinking, man. It's like, hey, man, they tight with the funds, man. These guys are tripping out here, man. These owners, they don't want to pay this year. Let right. me go ahead and take my $18 million wide kid, man, and then we'll figure this whole thing out next season, you know? That's right. You know, with you, bro. <laughs> That's probably what crossed his mind. My man snatched that shit up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I ain't want to play games with my money. Let me get my 18 million first. We can decide whatever else after this. <laughs> yep. And that was a smart move on his part. It was. <laughs> but, he said that was enough. Yep. But they said that the thing is, though, even with him signing the uh, the tag, it still doesn't affect his leverage for a multi-year deal. And, and hopefully right. that's still something that they can try to figure out behind, you know, the mm-hmm. scenes. Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes down to this one season here, Perez, how the Bears perform in this one season, right? If this thing doesn't go well with this one season here, we could see A-Rob on another team next season. And again, it depends on how everything goes. Now, you and I, we got optimism. Some of us don't, but we wonder how this season is going to play out. And that will impact a lot of things that's happening with this team. So we'll see. We really will see. I would love to see A-Rob on this team long term. You're right. It's not done yet. It's not finished, uh, Perez. There's still a lot more to talk about with A-Rob down the road, but definitely this one season here is going to tell a tale. Yeah, it definitely tells a story. Scaling back to Kenny Galladay real quick for our yes. audience, if they didn't realize, he did go on to sign a four-year, $72 million deal with the Giants, so uh, congratulations to him. He got the bag. Yes, he did. Perfect timing for him. That's right. Former St. Rita High School football player, former Northern Illinois football player, man. Congratulations, mm-hmm. brother. Congratulations. Yeah, good for him. We would love to see him in Chicago, though, but you're right. Go get your bag, man. Go get your money. Go get your money, son. (laughs) (laughs) A couple of the moves that we made that we haven't talked about was the fact that the Bears, they resigned Jermaine Effetti for a one-year deal, $5 million. What were your thoughts there on that one? I thought Effetti was decent last year. I didn't think he was great. I thought he held his own until he got ran into some tough defenses, right, that they got by by him on on some plays. I think he's an improvement from what we had in the previous years with having him. He won out the position, but we also gave him a raise this year as well. But so with me, I'm still in the air with him, Prez. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's that good either. So I'm like right in the middle. I think he's just solid. So was he worth the five million investment? I don't know, man. I'm really, I'm really in the, in the middle with him. I thought we, I thought we could possibly got better, but we'll take him while we can because he's still solid. When I look at that, I'm okay with it. Like, like you said, he was okay. Yeah. So I mean, they bring him back. For one year, he could play that right tackle position. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be decent. And then they could still draft someone right. for, as a long-term option, right? I think they need to draft two tackles. But I think that should be the play there. Draft the right tackle, draft the left tackle. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with it. It's fine. Yeah, it's a one-year deal like that. So I guess we can, you know, we can work with him in that one year. Like I say, he wasn't horrible for us. We didn't, we, we didn't, we didn't single him out a lot like we did others on that line. So I, I will give him a pass on this part of it. Yeah, if I had my wish, though, Charles Leno would not be a part of this organization. And it's a shame that a guy like Charles Leno mm-hmm. still gets trotted out here on the field, but we lose a guy like Kyle Fuller. Yeah. That shows you how cruel this NFL is because the only reason why Charles Leno is even coming back is because of the type of contract that he's on. I agree. That's the only key factor. That's it. He needs to be stepping up because if anybody needed to be getting cut, it should have been his lazy ass. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not even going to get on to it. 
That just makes me mad when I think about us losing Kyle Fuller, bro. I know, right? You think about the guys on the team who's far, far worse. You're like, hey, why are you still here? But you're right, Prez. That's the only reason we're buying why he's still with us at this point. Yep. Deion Bush came back, one-year deal. That was somebody that we talked about on our pending free agent episode. Mm-hmm. We both said, hey, it was going to either be him or DeAndre Houston Carson. Yeah. What do you think there? And then do you think that there's a chance that DeAndre Houston Carson comes back? I think it's a chance that both of them come back. We're probably going to need them both regardless, but we might need them both. But I'm glad for him, though. We can still use Deion Bush. I still think he got some value. He can still help us out. I'm not saying he's going to be the one to get all the snaps, but I think, you know, in the limited role, I think he'll still be good for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy with Deion Bush coming back. I, I mm-hmm. like him. He'll probably be able to compete for a starting job. Mm-hmm. I hope that DeAndre Houston Carson comes back because I like what he brings on special teams. And yes. he flashed a lot down the stretch of the season. So that that was pretty good. Yeah, he did. You know, he gave us some valuable uh, snaps out there, too, when he was out there on the field. He, he did well, man. And, and the thing, I like them both. I'm not saying they all pro type of guys or, or even to that level of being a pro bowl type of players, but they're solid. And I think you can work with solid guys on the team, you know, and then they will fit. And again, these are guys who I think will fit what the side wants to do as well. Absolutely. So Patrick Scales mm-hmm. coming back on a one-year deal, as we talk about a lot of times, the long snapper, he's not commonly talked about, but that means he's doing his job. Right. Patrick Scales <laughs> does his job. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I got no issues with him at all. None, man, yeah. none. Welcome, welcome back, Patrick. <laughs> there you go. That's all we can say about him. <laughs> So we got some notable free agents that are still available that were on the team last season. So I wanted to get your thoughts on if you think these guys may return. Tyshawn Gibson. With us going with Deion Bush, he might not be back for us. I don't really see us bringing him back, man. There's nothing against him. I thought he was solid as well. He played a good role for us. He was pretty good down the stretch. I just don't think we're going to bring him back. So do you think that Deion Bush is somebody that they would consider starting at safety? Or do you think that... Deion Bush is a depth piece. I think Deion Bush is a depth piece. I'm just not so sure they want to invest in both of those guys at the same time and bring back other guys on the team. I think at that point, you're really looking at the salary crunch, really. You really look at the cap crunch with these guys. So the thing would be with them, Prez, what, what's, what's the price range on us breaking them back for? What does that look like? And can we afford them, right? Because again, there's still other guys, other teams out there that you probably want to explore and see where you want to go. But that's the thing I think about with him is do we want to really, you know, make that investment? How much is it going to cost us? Yeah, I think it just matters about the price range and the price mm-hmm. point that they get him back. If he they could get him on another like low level deal, I don't see any yeah. harm. But if his value is a little bit higher, then he might end up walking. Yeah, that's what's going to come down to really that contract. What if that says, you know? <laughs> and, and, and again, do we want to take on that? Yep. What about our brother, Corderell Patterson? So this is somebody that I talked about in the past that he signed on a high deal when mm-hmm. he came here in free agency. Two years, $10 million. And we knew with the salary cap crunch that we were in, we weren't going to be able to afford to pay him that type of a deal this time right. around. What do you think of his chances to re-sign with the organization? That's going to be hard. That's a hard sale right there, Perez, because now it's like, okay, is he giving us a discount? Mm-hmm. What's the market value going for him? And two, how much? How important do we think of him on special teams, right? How mm-hmm. much value are we looking at that? Okay, from last season, not just him on gadget plays or coming in as a fill as a running back. You really got to explore what he, what his value is really when it comes down to um, kickoff return. And, and is this guy can really help put us in positions and we able to use that to our advantage moving forward. And with that, you start to think about, is it really worth that investment? And is that price tag worth it as well? So I'm thinking to that point is, Perez, is with him, I would love to see him back. The point is how much? How much he's willing to accept? And is he willing to accept that price range for us, from us? Uh, or does he want to go somewhere else and take a bigger pay? 
Well, I would say this. It seems like the guy wants to return here. He even made a comment that said that he hasn't heard from the organization at all during mm-hmm. free agency. Right. So I don't know what to think about that. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, who else is also targeting him, right? Who's all targeting him at this point? And are we waiting until all the smoke clear with some of these other free agents before we get to him? So you're right. Him not hearing anything, it does make you wonder. It makes you worry like, wow, we're not even giving this guy a phone call to tell him what we think of him at this point. That right. doesn't sound good at all. You wonder about that and if we're really done with him. Yeah, so I think that'll be one that's worth monitoring. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with him coming back. He's a, a fan favorite. Yes. And as long as we can get him on a deal that I would say in the maybe two to three million per year range, mm-hmm. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I think so too, Perez. If we get him at that price range, I, th- I think we're good. But the thing is, let's make sure it's at that price range, right? Yep. Is that the value that's going for him? Because if it's not, we might lose him. One more name I want to get your thoughts on, Barkevis Mingo. He mm-hmm. was a really good rotational fit for us, played the run very well last season. Mm-hmm. Any chance you think that he comes back? We can still use the depth, press. I think there's a chance they can come back. I would love to see him back with the team because, again, he's still one of those guys who add more depth to us. And I think we can still use him as well, you know. I think for him, he's a guy who I like on the team. I mean, with his snaps, he made those uh, snaps very productive. And again, he'll be a guy that can come in as a rotational player for us and do well. So I will hope we can afford him to bring him back. And I'm really monitoring to him as well, Perez, like you're saying, monitoring to him too to see if, if he's a guy who can still fit the bill in, at the price range. So I think a guy like him might deserve a pay increase. I'm not sure how much that looks like, but we'll see. He is somebody that I would love to come back. I think, it, like you said, it just all matters about what that price point is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're going to see is the Bears are probably going to let this market kind of continue to dry up a little bit mm-hmm. before they may start to look at maybe re-signing some of their own guys back. So right. that'll be an interesting one to see. Definitely, definitely. We'll see. We definitely will see, man. But you're right. Mingo, I like him. I really like him. And I hope, hopefully we can get him back. Let's kind of switch gears here and let's focus on what our division has done. Mm-hmm. So. We see that the Packers, they re-signed Aaron Jones. There were a lot of rumors there that Aaron Jones might have gone to, I think Miami was one of the teams that I saw people speaking on. But we mm-hmm. saw that the Packers went ahead and re-signed him. So he had a big deal, four years, $48 million, right? Right, right. But outside of that, the Packers were pretty quiet. What were some of your thoughts when you look at the Packers and the, the relatively quiet aspect of their free agencies? Yeah, and I think they also may have lost their center as well, man. Uh, Lizzie, he went to so- the Chargers. Yeah, so losing Lindsley and also signing back and running back, I thought that was good for them from that perspective. But losing Lindsley definitely would hurt, right? How can you replace that Pro Bowl, a guy like him? I think it was all pro last year. Last year. So I didn't replace that. So for me, they've been pretty quiet on what they're trying to do. I have no question they probably look at the division as well, seeing what's all happening. But you're right. They still gonna need to make some moves to continue to enhance their team. They want to stay at the top, right? But losing, keeping their running back, it's always good for him. He was always good for them um, in the past. I think that part of it helps Aaron Rodgers out by keeping him. That does provide some depth for them from that perspective. But we'll see what they decide to do going forward. But I think keeping him was a good pick. Yeah, I mean, that was important. Uh, but when I look at that Packers backfield, they had Jones. They had yep. Jamal Williams, who they lost. He ended mm-hmm. up going to the Lions. We'll talk about that move here in a second. But they also have Dylan, the rookie running back that was out of Boston College. So I thought mm-hmm. that backfield for the Packers was pretty solid. So getting mm-hmm. Jones back, Obviously, it's going to be huge for them. But I also look for Dylan to emerge next season. So I think that's going to be an interesting spot where he'll be able to step up in Jamal Williams' spot mm-hmm. as the number two back there. Yeah, that helps them out. But now they can switch pace, you know, um, 
two different running backs that run differently, that's good for them, right? From a depth standpoint, right? Because now you can you can attack the defenses a couple of different ways. And then of course you got Aaron Rodgers, right? So that helps. So I think for them signing again, having both of those guys, they both can play a key role for them next season. My thing is, I look for the Packers to probably sign a veteran player or two, but mm-hmm. it looks like more and more that they're going to probably be doing bargain shopping because the one thing you mentioned, the name Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I've been waiting and looking for any sort of news on if the Packers and Aaron Rodgers were going to work towards any sort of a contract extension. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard anything on that. So I would just say if as long as they're not going to touch that deal, then we're probably not going to see the Packers do anything crazy or free agency. Right. And then that's what's starting to appear like Perez, the coach seems to be what they have, their current roster and what they want to work with. And they're they banking on some of these guys improving as well. So you're right. They're looking at seeing what the market value for some of these other guys as the smoke starts to clear, who's developing and who probably can help their team continue to get better. Now, the one thing, though, is for our listeners to think about with the Packers, though, is they're going to have to figure out something with Aaron Rodgers' deal because Mm -hmm. as of right now, if they keep it as is, they're going to basically be more flexible year to year, but they could have some salary cap problems in 2022. Because what they've done is they've also kind of kicked some of their money down the road as far as their cap is concerned as well. So Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that, man. Well, first of all, I'm not rooting for them, right? So it's like, yeah, good, good. You all got cap problems. (laughs) You ask me. Well, shit. (laughs) Shit, so do we, so. Right, right, exactly. I'm glad to see you all dealing with what we're dealing with, or even worse, nah, next mm-hmm. season. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, though, is they got a franchise quarterback. We do not. <laughs> uh, no, that's what sucks. <laughs> so let's sw- switch gears over to the Lions. So we talked about the Lions. They signed Jamal Williams from the Packers. Now, the Lions ended up losing some key players, though, in free agency. So we talked earlier about them losing Kenny Galladay. He went right. to the Giants. They lost Trafont to the Bears. And then they lost one of their special teams aces, uh, Miles Killebrew. So they mm-hmm. had some players that they lost. They did re-sign Romeo Quora. Mm-hmm. So he got a big deal. Good for him. And I, and, I'm, and I was happy about that. He's a solid player. They also picked up Tyrell Williams. Thought that was a pretty good at receiver. They brought him on, I'm, I'm assuming, to try to replace Galladay. We'll see That's what happens there. Yeah. It's going to be hard. They're looking, for, they're looking for a miracle with that, though. But I give them credit for trying. Right. And then they also picked up the backup quarterback in Green Bay. So Tim Boyle is now the backup quarterback in Detroit. So he'll be mm-hmm. backing up golf. Yes. They, they try to use it for his brain. It can give us some insights on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing and what's what's happening on their team that we can utilize when we play against them. That's what that's all about mostly because I don't see him getting the starting role there. I think it's more of that piece to utilize his brain and what he know from, from his days of playing with the Packers. Well, yeah, and also just to fit him to upgrade that quarterback room. But yeah, I think yep. it's really good though to get some insight into that system because, hey, you're going to play them twice a year. Any sort of information you can get can kind of help them to try to, you know, beat the Green Bay. So right. definitely think that that's, that was a good move for them. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, Press also as a backup as well. They're they going to need a backup quarterback for sure. So uh, he, he, he's part of that um, that depth for them. On to the Vikings. So the Vikings, we saw released a lot of players. Mm-hmm. They, they released Kyle Rudolph. And that was a move that wasn't surprising to me because they have Earl Smith and Tyler Conklin. These guys are both waiting in the wings and they're ready to go. They ready to play. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But Kyle Rudolph's cap hit was really high, mm-hmm. and he had a limited role in that offense altogether, so that one didn't did. surprise me. Yep. Another move that didn't surprise me was they cut Dan Bailey. Mm-hmm. 
And he was horrible in 2020. <laughs> he missed a oh, lot yeah. of damn field goals. <laughs> yes, he did. Hey, that hey, look, they, they, they look, kudos to them <laughs> for doing the right thing. That's why I would say to them. <laughs> yeah, they, they got all. they got him up out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. <laughs> but one of the moves, A dub, that they did that I was really scratching my head about was they cut Riley Reef. It seemed like they were trying to get him to restructure his contract and they just weren't able to make it happen. And they ended up cutting him. And now this is a guy that we've seen over the, you know, the years that's matched up well against our pass rushers. Yeah, yeah. And he only gave up one sack last season. So I thought that was a pretty questionable move, a Yeah, it was questionable, man. Kind of wonder what they're going to do next. How they're going to fill that void. How they're going to fill that gap. And that's one thing you just don't know, like on the market right now, who can come in and do the job much better or even maintain, right? And that's what you don't know at this point. So, yeah, it hurts them a lot. So we'll see how much it hurts them going forward or if they can get a replacement. They did pick up Patrick Peterson. And mm-hmm. you remember during the season when we had some of our preview pods. Yep. We talked with the Vikings counterparts. Uh, I think Justin Bresky was the guy that we had off from the, the Vikings beat. Mm-hmm. But he talked about the fact of, listen, our cornerback situation here is awful. Mm-hmm. But now picking up a guy like Patrick Peterson, who's a former All-Pro from the Cardinals, yes. Mm-hmm. On a one-year deal, what do you think about that move? And do you think that was going to help those guys out at that cornerback position? I think it's going to help them out. Now, I will say this: Patrick Peterson is no not, not the guy he once was. The Cardinals. I mean, Correct. you get older, right? You know how it goes. The age started to kick in. He's about to be what thirty-one, I think, in July. I think it's a smart move. I think it's going to be solid for those guys. The one thing that I will say for him is that he's working with uh, Densler and Gladney. He'll be to help those guys learn the ropes a little bit better, how to be better, you know, in coverage, how to be better, you know. One on one, so he has a lot of knowledge that he can share with those guys, and actually mentor him a little bit. So I think it's a good move for them. So they're gonna use him more than just for his play. They're gonna also use him for his knowledge. And that guy does; he can still play. Won't be at the same level as he was with the Cardinals, but he still has something left in the tank, right? And that's why I believe about him. Yep. Now the one thing that I want listeners to think about when it comes with uh, Peterson. So the defense that Arizona ran last year, they ran the most man-to-man coverage in the whole entire league. Right. And so now the Vikings have a guy in Peterson that's going to be able to bring that to that defense. Mm-hmm. But the Vikings defense also utilizes a lot of zone coverage as well. Right. So a little bit more than what he has done in his previous career. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I want people to kind of take a look at. But I still think Patrick Peterson has a little bit left to the take. Me too. And the, the one part that A-Dub brought up that I really agree with is the leadership that he's going to be able to provide to some of those younger players. Mm-hmm. Because Patrick Peterson has been in the league for almost 10 years now. Yes. And he's going to be able to bring that to those individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's going to help those young guys out a lot, man. And I think they, they need it, right? Because you're right. They weren't that great at times last season. And I think he can help, you know, definitely provide that. But also, you hit one thing, Perez, that I like what you mentioned was around zone coverage that they like to play as well. That's actually going to help Peterson in addition to that. Because I think as you get older, right, you lose a little something, you know, with your quickness and speed. It happens. Yep. Everyone age a little bit. But those zone coverages will definitely help him out for sure. And he'll be able to help those guys learn how to read zones a lot better because he's still quick to the ball. He can help those guys understand that. And it also helps them as well to where, hey, I can beat some of these guys in this position to the spot and to make some things happen. Yep. So I know a lot of people, when they saw this deal, they saw there was a one-year deal worth $10 million, and they said, mm-hmm. oh, the Vikings overpaid for an aging corner. And I said, well, you got to look at a lot of things besides just that contract. Because when I looked at it, I said, mm-hmm. they got better in their secondary with bringing him over. I agree. And we're not, and with this is the thing. It doesn't matter if he's not the Patrick Peterson that he was 24. Right, I right. still think he, there's a lot of value that he's going to bring, especially playing in that type of coverage, mm-hmm. if they mix it up a little bit. 
Absolutely. And I think they also lost, like you said, for his Anthony Harris. So losing him, you know, you lose your safety. And you need some coverage, right? You need some better coverage. And I think this guy definitely adds to that depth of helping them guys out, especially as a CB. You can you can utilize that. And one thing for our Bears listeners here to think about. Now you got a guy like Patrick Peterson is going to be locking horns with Jefferson in practice every day. Now yep. Jefferson is going to get even better mm-hmm. in his craft by going up against somebody like that. And we already saw what that Jefferson kid can do in this league. So he doesn't need any more help with being a better receiver. He really don't. <laughs> right. This is actually helping him even better now. Now making him a better player. Jeez, that's going to be more of a uh, tougher task for us trying to guard him. Right. So when I look at our division, I'm looking at these guys. I see these teams. They're getting better. Mm-hmm. And I look at our team and I'm like, man, we've gotten worse. Ryan Pace, what's the fucking plan? Because mm-hmm. right now, it's just not making sense to a lot of us. I have no idea what he's doing. None of us do, press. We're just going through the motions. And every move he make doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like a great one. And we have something to say. <laughs> you know, every time you make a move, it's like, man, this doesn't help us get better. We don't know what you're doing here or what you're trying to do here. So, yeah, man, Ryan Pace, I'm losing my mind trying to keep up with what you're trying to do. I'm still wondering, A-Dub, what kind of dirt does he have on the McCaskey family? Because he can't seem to do anything wrong. <laughs> How the hell does this guy still have a job? I swear I don't understand. Man, I don't know, man. I'll tell you right now, it's like we're waiting until this year ends so we can get out of here. That's what we're hoping for. But with the McCaskies, he could shock the hell out. They could shock the hell out of us with actually signing him back. Or if they have already done it. That's the thing. Because yep. as I mentioned earlier, this man could probably be on some sort of an extension or a contract that might be a two-year contract. Because the yep. way that he's operating this thing, he's got no urgency right, in any of right. these moves. Exactly. And the thing is, this is one thing I can't see happening, Perez. I can't see the Bears getting rid of him and Nagy at the same time. That's the thing I'm thinking about, Perez, as well. So maybe Nagy may be the scapegoat this time from around. <laughs> Get rid of Nagy, <laughs> right? Things don't go well. Then you wonder about Pace. Does he still last a few more years after that? And that, like you're saying, that's what it seems like with these questionable moves. Well, speaking of Nagy, shit, he's run out of people to throw under the bus. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, you start looking around, you're like, damn, okay, that person's gone. Okay, I got rid of him. All right, mm-hmm. I, I now I, I threw Mitch under the bus. Fuck, who's left? Right, that's <laughs> it, right? You look in the mirror. Yeah. You only want to slap now. Yeah, it's the guy that's been being you. It's your right. fault. Yep. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, A-Dub. Yes, sir. Man, but before we get out of here, we want to do a quick recap of the Bears Central's Mark Madness pool that we've been doing with our listeners. It's her second round here, and after that damn Illinois game, me and A-Dub <laughs> are tied for eighth place. But, as I mentioned, I had Illinois winning the whole tournament, and they lost. A-Dub had Gonzaga. So it looks like A-Dub might be in the driver's seat here. I'm not going to wish any harm on my boy and, and his team, but let's just say we'll see what happens with Gonzaga tomorrow. That's all I'm going to say. Go Gonzaga! Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> but A-Dub is looking pretty good right now, like in, in the pool. As far as the placement, though, we have uh, Ed Bear Surger 13. He's in the lead. He's got 25 points. And he also has Gonzaga as his national championship pick. Tied for second place, we got at King Mac and at Greg DeMaraz. They're tied for second place with 24 points. They both also chose Illinois as their national championship choice. So they'll probably end up falling down the list as we continue on in the tournament. And then lastly, tied for third place, we had at Sharon Willis and our boy Neil. They're tied for third with 23 points. Sharon had Michigan winning the whole thing, so she could still be in a good spot. Neil, sorry, you had Illinois. We're fucked. 
<laughs> Man. Right now, March Madness, our brackets are looking pretty shoddy in this tournament. But a couple people like, I would say, Bear Soldier and, and, and A-Dub and, and Sharon and a couple others, they are hanging on by, by threads. But, hey, they're in a better uh, situation than a lot of us. Hey, look, I'll take advantage of my opportunity right now. So right now I'm in the driver's seat. The others who are with me, you all in trouble as well. So guess what? A-Dub <laughs> coming for everybody now at this point. Now <laughs> <laughs> A-Dub, I got all spicy over here. Y'all hear him? <laughs> I I'll love it. For, yeah, man, I'm coming for everybody right now, man. So uh, <laughs> that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm in the hunt now. I'm hunting. All right, shit. I see you, man. I see you. Ain't no hate. <laughs> shit, I'm rooting for you, brother. I'm rooting for you. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, Do sir. Do work. <laughs> <laughs> and then guess what? We podcast again, friends. I'm like, oh, man, I'm out of it, man. Ah. But hey, but, <laughs> at least, what... but at least you got something to be excited about now. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to take advantage of my opportunity right now. Man, I, sh- I thought for sure I was going to be getting me some nice red wine from you, man. Fuck. Hey, we'll man. see. We'll hey, see. Hey, man. That hat feels a little bit better on my head, man. So you'll find it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to start doing some preliminary work just in case. But I'm going to wait to see after that after that Gonzaga game. If Gonzaga win, I'm like, all right, fine. It's time for me to start doing the search. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll see. I'll be tuning into that game. Yep. So that's, that's tomorrow for any of our listeners that want to tune in. Uh, Gonzaga plays on Monday. Yes, sir. All right, A-Double, man. Good shit, bro. And we are out. Going to sign us off, bro. Thanks for listening to the Barry Centers podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Peace.